Welcome, you're listening to the Granary Young Adults podcast, Unapologetic, a fortnightly podcast where we don't avoid hard conversations, we aim for them. In each episode, we talk about the contentious, taboo and uncomfortable, the topics that no one is speaking about, but everyone is talking about. If you don't want to be challenged, this is not the podcast for you. These aren't sermons or lectures, they're conversations to challenge and activate dialogue as we dig into what God wants to teach us. I'm Rachel Baker, the Young Adults Pastor at the Granary Church. Thanks for listening in, and we hope today's episode challenges and blesses you today. So today we have a special guest, John Crawford. Thanks for joining us, John. My pleasure. Before we kind of get started in on today's topic, John, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm, I'm married with uh, four children. I was uh, originally from the Sutherland Shire in Sydney. And um, I spent the first few decades there and then I uh, got the call to come up to a uh, church in Lake Macquarie. And I've been there for a long time, probably 28 years, uh, something like that. And so we came up with two kids, had two born up here. They've all flown the coop. And um, so I passed the church there for, for that long. And what brings you to your on staff here at the Granary? So how did you end up with us? Well, my, my wife and I, when we finished up at the church we were at, uh, we needed. We felt like we needed to get out of the area anyway. So this is the church we uh, we ended up at because it's it's just it's a great church for a start. So we felt that because after that many years of ministry, you just need to stop and breathe. You know, you just need to like rest for a bit. And we felt like this was a really welcoming place, but it, we didn't feel like we were smothered either. Does that make sense? So it's like. It's welcoming, but here you are. Here's your small group. Here's your none of that happened. It's just great to have you here, and we and I think, I think my wife in particular, and that's really important um, that she felt like it was a really good place to be. And even though it's a thirty-five to forty-minute trip across here. It's worth every minute. So, uh, yeah, it's a great church, great place to be. And we actually had you as a um, guest for one of our young adult nights and we were blown away by the wisdom and the insight that you had for us and um, we knew we had to have you on a podcast. So thank you for agreeing. Well, uh, wisdom is just about making lots of mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we um, are benefiting from those (laughs) and you sharing that. So we're so glad to have you here. One of the things that I know resonated um, with the young adults on that night was um, you were sort of giving your thoughts just on different areas and aspects. And I kind of wanted to touch on those again. And one of the things was about... um, deconstruction. So obviously right now it's a big topic, something that we're hearing a lot about, um, deconstructing faith. And um, you had some thoughts on that that I know um, people found really insightful. General question, what are your thoughts on that? What's deconstructing your faith? Yeah, it's a big one, isn't it? It's And it's happening a lot at the moment. I'm fully aware of that. Yeah, well, when I was asked about deconstructing faith, it wasn't, a, it wasn't something I'd actually, I was that familiar with, to be honest. Um, I was a little bit familiar with deconstructing, but I've never put deconstructing something with faith. Does that make sense? So, um, so I suppose my initial reaction was I'm, I wasn't too comfortable with the term. Uh, deconstructing faith, I think, happens for everybody and happens um, in a whole myriad of ways. As many people as there are you know, going through this deconstructing time is – there's that many reasons as to why they do it. Did that kind of make sense, hopefully? The, the, everyone's got their own story and their own journey, and so there's reasons behind every person. 
so so while I'm not super comfortable with it, with it I want to honor those people who are doing the journey. If, if deconstructing is a term that they find helpful for figuring out faith and so on, uh, then that's perfectly fine. Because I think what, what I've discovered is people inject their own meaning into words and into terms. And so I think that's powerful and that's important. I don't want to undermine that journey for one, one second. Um, but the reason I felt a little, a little sort of weird about it was because deconstructing is a term, it's basically, a, um, as I understand it, a literary and a philosophic term. And I'm not going to unpack the whole idea of deconstructing now because I can't. And anyone who can would listen to me and go, Yehida has no idea what he's talking about. And they would be correct. Uh, I just want to mention that it is part of a philosophic term where you deconstruct ideas and thoughts and so on. And the problem I have with that is that for me, philosophy and faith are on two different but interconnected trajectories. So, so what I mean by that is when you go to deconstruct faith, you lift faith off the, the faith line, if you want to put it that way, and put it into the philosophic area. And that's a whole different ball game. So what I mean by that is this. When you have faith, the, the center of your faith is the person of Jesus Christ, right? So, as it says in Hebrews, it, it talks about He's the author, and the, you know He's the one who authors our faith. He's the center of it. He's the Alpha, the Omega. So, He, our faith is all about Jesus, and He's the center of the faith journey. When you lift it off out of that space and put it in a philosophic journey, and not as I said, deconstruction. I'm no expert. I know very little about it. But if you put it in the philosophic area, all of a sudden, you become the center of it because everything comes down to what you choose to believe. It becomes a little, um, I'm trying to give a better word than syncretistic, but I can't. It just means you gather bits and pieces from, I'll believe this bit, I'll believe that bit. And you know, I'm interested in how karma works. And so I'll, I'll grab karma and then I'll, you know what I'm saying? And so you tend to be the determiner of what you're going to believe in. And I mean, all I can say is good luck with that because I don't want to be the center of something that is bigger than me. I can't be. So faith and philosophy do intersect and philosophies, I think, are kind of a fruit of faith. So this is what I believe. Philosophy, this is how I live, or this is what I do in ministry, have a philosophy of ministry or whatever. But to do a journey of faith, take it off that that journey line and put it into philosophy, I think um, that's where I feel a little uncomfortable about the term. Okay. So if that's the case, do you think that there's a healthy or beneficial way to, if we're using the term deconstruct, to deconstruct your faith? Is there a way to do that? I think, uh, and, and again, I just want to say again, if that's helpful to you to question faith, please go with it. Just just go with the term because you've got your own definitions around that. Uh, for me, the for me, and it's something I've experienced, uh, is a faith crisis. And so you're still on the faith journey, I, I guess, but um, crisis suggests that, well, there's two aspects to crisis. One is danger and the other is opportunity. And I think I believe that's how the Chinese 
understand the idea of crisis is they bring danger and opportunity together. And so you might have questions and you might go, I'm not so sure about this and I really want, and that's okay to do that, um, but it's also an opportunity to go to go further and deeper and get stronger in your faith. So I think, I think one of the questions that was asked on the night is, is it a good or a bad thing? And I think it's actually, it's inevitable. I think um, it's almost like not quite the right question to ask. I think it's just going to happen. It then works out how do you actually journey with that crisis or if you want to call it that deconstruction process. Yeah, I do find that interesting. I, I almost feel like with um, this young adult generation at the moment, it's almost coming to them as though this is like a new thing. But I think for people that have been Christians for a long time, this is actually something that we're probably familiar with is that process of actually re-examining different aspects of why we do things or um, maybe not even questioning, but just reevaluating some tradition and looking at the scripture and seeing if that's actually what the Holy Spirit, um, you know, is communicating to us. And so I think this is actually something that we've all been on the journey of, but maybe we haven't been completely open and forward in sharing those experiences. And maybe now this is feeling like it's a new experience to have these questions and wrestle with certain things. Do you think that that's the case? Do you think that probably all of us at some point at this journey have experienced it, but maybe we've forgotten how to be an example and show what it's like when we wrestle with some of those areas? Yeah, I, th- I think that there's a lot of truth to that. So that's really good insight. I, I think that, well, for a start, um, there's nothing new under the sun. So all the questions that people are asking these days, they might look a little different, but they're still asking the same basic question about faith. And so um, for centuries, thousands of philosophers and countless books have been written about some of the issues that we still struggle with today. So it's part of the, part of the journey about being made more like Jesus. I think the disciples had faith crises. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, they had a faith crisis that, that Jesus is now dead. They never really got it that he actually rose again from the dead. They didn't get it until after he, they actually saw him. And so I think there's faith crisis all the way through. I think the other thing is that um, maybe maybe church, church to me is the only place you really should do a faith crisis or you should journey with faith, but I'm not sure it's always been the best place to do it because you, like if you have a doubt, you go, where do I go? Well, I don't feel I can really talk about it with my, you know, with people at church. They might think there's something wrong and and so on. And to me, the the safest place on the planet to do to have a faith crisis and the safest place to bring your doubts and your issues is the church. After all, we're a family. So that that's should be the safest place. Um a, a mate of mine uh who was I've known now for since I started at the other church I was at, he had a lot of doubts. He had a heap of doubts about church. And he, and the, probably the greatest compliment he ever paid to the church that we pastored was, I had so many doubts and this was the safest place to bring them. You know, it was like, and that, that to me was huge. It was huge. So, so if, if you're having doubts, you need to journey with people who probably are having the same doubts or have been there and done that. And, um, so a lot of people, I think, do deconstruction apart from the faith journey or apart from church. It doesn't, that to me, doesn't make sense. You need to do it with people who love you 
and can journey with you and just listen, you know, so. Yeah, I think um, we want to be a church where people come, but I think it's a challenge as well for those in leadership, actually for everybody in the church, that when people come with these moments or these um, issues that we're sort of wrestling with, that we don't um, make that into, you know, a lack of faith or um, try and problem solve it. There's there's a period of time where we also just have to let people wrestle and have a space to work it out. Absolutely It right. could be really hard not to try and solve people's so-called problems for them, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I had it just on Sunday. I was out at the church and I had a young, a young person who's probably about 17 came up and asked questions about the message I preached. And I'm thinking, brilliant. He's wrestling with some of these issues, right? And so, you know, what do I do with that? Do I just sort of listen to him and, and uh, give him some things to wrestle with? I didn't, you can't give him answers because that's part of the, the faith journey. I also sometimes think if we're not wrestling with something, um, have we become a bit too comfortable like, should we all have something that we're just really mulling over or finding challenging? And that's actually an opportunity, like you said. It's not a sign of a lack of faith. It's actually trying to make sure that we're honing in to what God's saying to us. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I think there's ways that you can do it well. Um, I, I think, uh, as I said before, it's good to be in a community of faith people who love you, just love you and accept you. And it's it's okay to have doubts. It's okay to, to wrestle with issues. I think it's also, uh, I think it's necessary for some people. I think it's, um, if you want to talk about deconstruction, um, I went through that myself when, because I had brought up in a really strong Christian family, but I had to have my own faith. I had to, I couldn't own my family's faith. So I had to wrestle through with what do I personally believe. And my family was fantastic. I had a great childhood and wonderful parents, but uh, I had to wrestle with that for myself. And that might be true of people who have come through, say, a Christian school. And you take on the faith of a Christian school, you've got to wrestle to own your own faith and understand what that is. And and I think um, and I think it's also true of a corporate uh, entity like a church. Uh, sometimes churches can just they get caught up in culture, as you've mentioned before, absolutely right. Get caught up in culture and this is what we do and this is why we do it. And sometimes it's just about stopping and going, well, let's just get back to the cross. Let's just get back to the basics of loving God and loving other people. That's pretty much all we're supposed to do. And pray for each other. Absolutely. Pray yeah. for each other. Yeah, Absolutely I think we forget right. about that one too, that that's you're something right. we can be doing to support each other as Absolutely well. Absolutely right, yeah. Say you're somebody that is sort of, you found yourself in this um, space where you're sort of questioning some things. What would you recommend? What would be sort of step one that you would sort of say is a healthy step forward going through this process? Um, stay in community, even if it's one friend, one trusted friend. I didn't do that. Right. Biggest mistake I made was when I, I had a, a few years hiatus from faith. Don't ask me why or how I just did. I think I just drifted. And um, I was not in community with other people. Biggest mistake I made, as I said. So I say stay in community with a trusted friend and hopefully that trusted friend will just love you and, and so on. But, and, but just stay with that. Um, be in the Word and in prayer. That's really important. That's what keeps me focused um and it's also there's kind of an attitude i think that you can take into it as to which way you lean so if you lean if you're trying to if you're asking questions about faith you can lean one way or the other so sometimes you can lean towards 
I'm going to try and prove that something's not true, or you can lean towards, I'm going to see if it is true. So I think it's Acts 17 from memory, better check that out. Um, there's the, the disciples were in a, in a particular place and they got kicked out because they just thought what they were preaching was stupid. They went to Berea and there was a, a group of people, the Bereans actually, the word says they were more noble than the others. And so they checked out what they were saying about Jesus to see if it was true. So they were leaning in the positive. And so I think whichever way, the old saying is, whichever way you lean, you're going to fall. If you're going to lean to say, I'm going to prove this is wrong, or I'm going to show that there's got holes or flaws or whatever it is, you will find them. It's very easy, very easy. Um, But if you lean towards, you know, what do I believe this? Let's see what scripture says. Let's share this with another person to see why it might be true or should be true or is true. I think that's an important important journey as well. That's really good. And I like the point about staying in community. My husband and I went through a period of quite a few years where we were just in, you know, struggling in an area and there was a lot of hopelessness in that. And for no other reason other than the fact that we went to church, we kept coming, but I would say it made so much difference in that space, even when it was hard to get here on a Sunday and actually commit to doing that um, was the last thing that we wanted to do. But looking back now, I see what a benefit it was just to be in the community. Um, And yeah, it's not because we had some great wisdom in that time. It was just for whatever reason, God's grace that we would come. And it's just made, it made such a difference in that period of time. Um, And I think probably a topic for another podcast, but it's kind of that resilience too. It's building that up even when things are uncomfortable, sticking it out. And um, I would say probably in society now, we don't really push for that. When things are uncomfortable, you stay in it. It's a lot of sort of go and find the thing that makes you happy or makes you more comfortable. Um, So even pushing into that sometimes can be countercultural, but probably what's better for you in the long run. Absolutely. There's heaps of lessons to learn. I mean, how many times have I prayed, God, can you get me out of this? And he doesn't. And you you go, why didn't he do that? Then looking back, you go, oh, okay. So I needed to learn this. I needed to learn that. I need to understand more about him. And and all of a sudden, that's how you mature. And if you don't wrestle with stuff and if you don't keep moving through the tough stuff, yeah, you're not going to grow and and if you're if it's a faith journey for you, then you will grow with Christ. And um, yeah, it's not always easy, but it's it's very maturing and it's very um, it, it builds into your soul. And then you get to minister to other people as well. Yeah, that's, that's the important. beauty of that. How long does that take? How how long should we expect this process to take each time? Yeah, um, the word I got for that is until because uh, you know I've prayed for things and God's answered the prayers my prayers really quickly and then other times I've just got no answer at all and then after a while I just see that he's, oh, okay, I see. You just stay faithful and move. It's a faith walk, so there's always going to be things. If you're not walking by faith, you won't have anything to test it. You don't figure your way through. You obey your way through. All right, so if you try and figure it out, I'll say this now. If you try and figure out something, you probably won't. And that's part of the problem with deconstructing is you're trying to figure it out and you don't have the capacity to do that. So in Isaiah, it says, um, the prophet Isaiah speaking for God says, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. 
And so if, if I think my thoughts are equal to God's, like I'm kidding myself, right? Um, but that's what I might be using to try and work through it. A number of years ago, I was working in the church. Um, we had two little kids. I was only working part-time, didn't have a lot of money. Things were really, 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 really tight. And um, the, the leadership of the church came to me and said, we've decided that we're going to close your job down and we want you to continue doing it, but for nothing. And I went, okay, so I've got a, a wife that's home with two kids and there's going to be one on the way. And, and I, I actually felt, I felt sick. And in the moment, I, I was just praying. I said, Lord, how are you going to fix this? What, what are you going to do? How am I going to do this? What, what are you going to do? And this is the quickest answer to prayer I've ever had. He just said to me, um, haven't I told you that I love you? That's all I got. Now, when I say say, I don't hear the audible voice of God. I've never heard that. But this might as well have been. It was that clear. And I don't think that clearly. I, can't, I don't think like that. I'm, I think like, fix it, fix it, fix it. Now, he said, no, haven't I told you that I love you? And for some reason, that was enough. Everything lifted. I went home and told my wife, and she said, yeah, it's all very well for you because he told you, he didn't tell me that. So it was still a journey we had to wrestle through, and, and he did. It was, it, was a, it was an extraordinary experience to be able to come through that for him to provide in, in amazing ways, just ways I can't get my head around. So what I'm saying is that's a quick answer to prayer, but sometimes you've got to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, as Psalm 23 says. It's, I like even in that, though, like, the example of you're saying that's not how your mind thinks this is a different voice and it's even recognizing that and when we are trying to figure things out like you're saying this is this is a greater or more higher mind voice speaking into these things and and our hope to sort of get to that level is we're never going to get there so we have to be looking to something else yeah and as i said before and i'll 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 kind of punctuate this a little bit you can only obey your way through something you have to obey your way through, and that's tough. It's hard, but you grow. What happens if we can't reconcile something? Like, is there a point where we go, all right, we throw in the towel? Like, is there, is there a point where you sort of would say, you've tried long enough, or what do we do when there's something that we just can't jump over? There's just a hurdle that's too big. Oh, how many would you like of those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, what do you do? It's a lesson I've... I'm always learning, um, and I'm a I'm a bit of a fan of reading Oswald Chambers, who's I don't know if anyone's ever read his classic book, um, My Utmost for His Highest. It's an extraordinary piece of writing. He doesn't talk so much about surrender; he talks about abandonment, and so it's kind of a, a hard attitude that you abandon yourself to Jesus. And so Paul said, Paul said. If I lose, I win. If I win, I win. It doesn't matter because he says in Galatians, he says, I, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Yeah, like, it's like you're saying, you can't kill me. I died years ago because Christ now lives his life through me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith. There's a faith word in the one who loved me and gave himself for me. And so is that just an easy throwaway line? No, it's hard. It's really, really tough, but it is it is rewarding, and it's true. It's true. I know that's not an answer for some of some of the listeners out there. I'm so sorry, but anyway, it's 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 something that you've just you just got to abandon yourself to him, and just let him live his life through you. And I think that's where it comes in 
the importance of being honest and transparent. That doesn't mean with every person in the church, but being able to journey that with some trusted people that you're in community with, because um, we're not sort of told to just hold that and bear that. Like it's something that we can actually share and be honest about and say, I really struggle in this area um, and ask for prayer and be prayed for and um, not have to, yeah, just struggle with it. Um, God cares about that process of us being in community and sharing those things together. Exactly right. That's really good. I mean, we're, we're created for community. We are better together, as the saying says, you know, so absolutely right. Is there anything else like um, as you sort of look out to that generation, the young adult generation, and you see where we're sort of um, maybe society and faith are sort of butting heads and we're getting all this sort of noise in this area of deconstruction. Is there anything else that stands out to you that you think, I wish I'd known this or I wish I could just speak this into the generation? That's a pretty open door for you there, but is there anything that sort of has been on your heart that you've been thinking, I wish I could just share this? You've got to come back to the cross because anyone, as one pastor puts it, anyone who can predict his own death and resurrection, we need to go with that. Um, And there's all these other bits that we get caught up on in the church as an institution. I understand that. I get that. I've been in the middle of it. Some of it's just not right. It's not good. And I think Maybe it's going through a revolution at the moment. I don't know. I hope so. And I understand what people heard about that and feel. I get that. But we just, I've had to come, and I don't think I do it often enough. I have to come back and say, well, it's it's just about Jesus. And did he rise from the dead? I absolutely, I believe that. And does he speak today? Yes, I've experienced that. And do you know what I'm saying? So for me, it's just coming back to ground zero with faith and starting there again. And if you deconstruction, deconstructing your faith, for me, that's the best place to start and just go and just ask the question, did he actually rise again from the dead? And if you say, I'm not sure, and maybe that's the question you need to be asking. And 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 start start at ground zero because everything else comes out of that. If you don't if you can do church and still not believe that Jesus is the son of God and he died for us and rose again from the dead. You can do church, that's culture, but it, it won't mean anything in that sense. If you come back to that space, you can then go on from there with strength. So I remember um, Jesus said to Peter, uh, Satan's been asking to sift you like wheat, right? So um, I've been praying for you, Peter, this is Jesus speaking, and when you return, minister to your brothers, help them out. He knew that there was something. So he had to bring it back down and say, this is, you're going to have a tough time. You're going to go through a tough time, but I've been praying for you. You will come through it and then you'll be stronger for it. And I think that's the journey that you can go on. The possibility in a crisis of faith, faith, it's, you know, danger, but opportunity. That's a really good reminder. And I think one too, like if, that's a picture that we can keep in our mind of Jesus felt it was important to even communicate that to Peter directly. Um, How much more does he want that for us as well, each of us? I think it's a big topic. I think it's one that we can um, look at from heaps of angles, but that's challenging. And I think there's some things in that that we can start with. And I like that going back to the cross as maybe cliche as you're saying (laughs) it sounds, but it's, it's the truth and um, where we might differ on, 
some worldviews and perspectives and things like that, that's the one thing that we can come back to. Thanks so much, John. I'd love to keep chatting. So maybe we could um, get together and do a part two. Would you be open to that? Absolutely. Great. Happy to do it. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this has been eye-opening, challenging, and if you disagree with anything we've said, that you're looking to Scripture as you prepare your rebuttal. We would love to hear from you if there's anything you interpret differently, feel we've left anything unaddressed, or if you just want to hear more about what we were talking about today. Please share the episode if you found it interesting and subscribe to get notified when new episodes are published. And for more information about the podcast or Granary Young Adults, connect with us on socials at Granary Young Adults. 